0: Hey Rody fans welcome back to episode 8 of ball and fee show and before we get in um, if any of you guys who listen to this has a red button that has panic on it like a panic button you want to send it to me go ahead because I' would be pressing that right now many 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 times let's get into the podcast you rise first game of the week against Fordham at home. The second-worst team in the conference, Fordham, can shoot threes. Fordham can play basketball. Fordham beat URI 66-63 at home. So, yeah, that's terrible. URI was down 32-29 half. Battled back. It was pretty much a back-and-forth game the whole way through. Uri got ahead by four, 30 seconds left, sounds familiar, Dayton two years ago, Um, and they went to overtime, and they lost after a three from Nick Honor in the corner with 30 seconds left, like 42 seconds left, and they didn't, and Uri did nothing for 30 seconds, they pretty much sat around, they could have got easy two, foul, but they just sat around, trying to get a three, and then... At the end, they got some good shot. Got good shot from Chris, Christian Thompson, but he misses. And Fats Russell gets the ball, gives his best best effort to turn around, shoot a three, and it rim, rimmed out. So, yeah, that was a sad day. It was Nick Honor, nineteen points for them, and Chubba Ohms, nineteen points. They they just. Outplayed URI pretty much a lot of things. Cyril though player of the game for me for Rhode Island. 14 points, 18 rebounds. Yeah, Tyrese Martin with nine points, 12 boards, and then Fast with 15 points, four boards. And I don't know what to say besides URI shooting one for 12, 8.3 percent from the field compared to. Fordham's 38.1% from the field, 8-for-21. URI went 26-for-37 for free throws, 70%, pretty average. Fordham went 10-for-13, 76.9%, average again. URI out-rebounded them, though. I'll give him credit. 50 rebounds to Fordham's 37. And URI had more turnovers, so that I, I killed him a lot. They had a tech by Dana Tate, which was a... Stupid tech, not on Dan and Tate, but I think, you know, he blocked him, stuffed his crap, you know, swatted him into the third row, and then stared him down. He put fear into that guy's body, and the ref decided to step in and take control and call it a lame technical foul. But, nevertheless, Uri did lose 66-63 to to Fordham let me say that again. They lost at home to Fordham. 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 I think that's the point. Uri lost to Fordham, if you didn't know. It was rough. It was back and forth the whole way through. As soon as it looked like Uri was going to pull away, it just didn't happen. So, just an overall depressing game. And then you would think, how... How they get bounce back from that? Well, they get absolutely obliterated by the next opponent last, uh, last Tuesday, BCU, who they did beat earlier in the year, but ended up losing just by a measly 34 points. 34 points is a lot of points. Uriah only scored 42 points that game. Very sad. Very, very, very sad. It was close the first 10 minutes. And then when VCU started making threes, which Uri hasn't done since Bryant, it just, they get outnumbered. So Uri went down 39 22 at half. And from there, it was hard to watch. They just lose by 34. Nothing much in that game besides Uri shooting 13 for 43, 30% from the field. Terrible. While VCU shoots a perfect. Not perfect, but fifty percent from the field, thirty-one for sixty-two. Um VCU eleven for twenty-seven from the three-point line, forty percent. Compared to URI's two for eleven, eighteen percent. Free throw shooting decent for URI. Rebounding, uh pretty close in that uh regard. But this is what shocks me. This is what shocks me. Twenty Turnovers to VCU 7. 20 turnovers. This team averaged like 13 turnovers a couple months ago. Not a couple, like a month or two ago. They had 20 turnovers. And they had so much in the first half. Jeff Doughton turned the ball over four times in the first half, which is unlike him. It was just a hard game in general. And all fans must have had a sense this could have happened. Like, my way of thinking of it, you I could either. Make this a close game, pull one out, or get absolutely obliterated. And they did. I'm not saying that they, I thought they are going to get obliterated. I, I'm just saying that I knew there was a chance that would happen, but not by 34, which they did lose by, moving URI to 12-13. and 13. Ugh, l- losing record. Terrible. 5-8 and eight in the 8-10. And the box score of that game, Sir Lange Vine, 10 points, 11 boards, MVP of that game. I think they say that a lot. Cyril Langevin MVP. Cyril Langevin MVP. Cyril Langevin MVP. Well, I mean, he deserves it. He's almost actually a double-double, so. Jermaine Harris with 11 points, 5 boards. Jeff Dowell with 14 points, 4 boards. And he had the only two threes of the game, one of them being a half-court, almost a half-court shot at the buzzer in the first half to not go down by 20. So, exciting stuff there. For VCU. Set Silva, killed us again. 19 points, 12 boards. And Drankins had 14 points. And then a slew of other people with 9 points, 8 points, 7 points. So, that's the preview of those. That's not the preview. The recap of those games. And I just want to move ahead from those games. That is just not a good way. They're on a four-game skid. Lost 6 to the last 7. So, I think if they can get a win of these next two games they so should get one of them. That'd be great for this team. And that last segment, or still continue right now, very upset. Just from the fact that the way they've been playing lately. But let's move right ahead to the forward, the future. Because that's the only thing that could help this team, <laughs> is the future. So, their first game is tomorrow night versus Davidson. Who they did lose to you by 15 at Davidson. Uh, a couple weeks ago, but they did give him a game. whole way through to, like, I don't know, six, seven minutes left when Davidson really pulled away. But I think you right could battle with them. It just all comes down to shooting. Um, the person to be looking at right now, they got actually two of them. John Axel Goodmanson, who's an overall superstar, can do anything for that team. And Kellen Grady, who's a sophomore, unbelievable averaging 16.9 points a game. Ax, uh, John Oxley Goodminton with 16.8 points a game. They can, all play, they can play the one, the two, the three, and they're just uh, both very good players. And then you have players like uh, Brojovic and Luke Frampton and Kaishan Pritchett who can really play for that team in different ways, especially Frampton who can shoot the three ball at 39% very well. Um, and Brojovic, who shoots fifty two percent from the field, very efficient. So Davidson's a hard team to play, because they have so many tools over around, uh, all around. But I mean, Uri was in that game until Davidson started making threes. So the only way you can win this game is to have their same philosophy as they did, um, when they uh went to Davidson, but they have to hit shots. And you think home advantage would help them? I've been to a lot of games this year. And It hasn't helped them. So we just hope they come in with a hot hand and hope they can hit some shots. Because I think overall, the defensive approach, you knew Davidson was going to hit threes last game. They just didn't until like, the, l- the latter half of the second half. So you only have 63 points to Davidson. That's good defense. But you can't score 48. You have to score more. At least get kind out of the 40s. Um, uh, granted, Davidson's a good team overall. They can play defense. They can play offense. What can't they do? But they can shoot. So when they didn't make shots, you had to expect them to make them. So that's when you or I really had to get ahead of them when they weren't making shots, which didn't happen. They sticked around until Davidson ended up making shots, consecutive shots, and just pulled away. So I think it's... It's easier said than done, but I think they've already done it before, defensively. It's the offense has got to click for them against Davidson. And then we're going to move on to their next game, which is on the 26th, which is five days from now, against George Washington, another home game, who is uh, 11th in the A-10. DJ Williams, uh, their star guard, 14.8 points a game. Terry Nolan Jr., 11.1 points a game. Uh, Maceo Jack, uh, 11 points a game. And then, Tora, is that? I can't read this. Arnaldo Tora, 10 points a game. And then, Justin Mazzula, who went to Bishop Hendrickson, 9.2 points a game. So, besides DJ Williams... Uh, for George Washington, they have an all-around attack for George Washington, which can help them and hurt them if they need something. It has to go through DJ Williams, but if they can't get it through him, it's hard to pick out one person because they can all somewhat play, but it's a balanced attack, so it's not, uh, an explosive, you know, how do I say this? Um, like... Say you have Grady and Axel Goodmanson, both of them could really just, like, play really well. If you just have DJ Williams up there, and then just a slew of people a drop-off, it's hard to really balance those out when DJ Williams is not on the floor. So I think Rody, what they got to do is neutralize DJ Williams and make him pass and make other people take shots um, to really, uh, what should I say? What should I say here? really give them a chance to win this game against George Washington, which which I think they should take care of. George Washington, not historically, the last couple years, once their coach got, like, a file for... I forget what it was. The George Washington coach got, like, fired for... It might have been sexual assault. Let me look this up. Mm, So, yeah. It was sexual misconduct to students, as what it says here. So that's why... Ever since their coach left, they haven't been a good, not good team, but back to where they were when they won the NIT, almost by the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, George Washington, not a real threat to in the A-10, but every game right now seems to, it's going to be a hard game for URI because if you can't shoot, then you really just can't win basketball games because the ball isn't going in the hoop, you can't score, and you can't score more than the other team, you don't win. So that's how it goes. But, Eurion needs to take advantage of the three-point um, three shooting because twos and threes. Threes more than two. If a team has more threes than the other team, they're, they they have a good chance of winning because if a team scores all twos, teams team all threes, threes are better than twos. So that's my philosophy on that, that you have to be able to shoot the three to be a good team. And I saw this thing on ESPM. And it was like why Duke won't win the NCAA tournament. It's because they shoot 20-something, 31% from th- uh, three-point range. Actually, not 31%. It's lower than that. It's 28 like or to 29% from three-point range, which really hurts them. So, yeah, I saw that little thing. And it's like no team with that kind of shooting percentage has ever won the NCAA tournament, which is something I didn't really know. So, it's good to know. <laughs> But, yeah, Uri needs to shoot the three ball well. And they have two games at home. The first game against Samson's at 9 o'clock following the, uh, I think, Kent State-Buffalo game. Let me check on that. Because it's a 9 o'clock game on ESPN2. So there's a game before on ESPN2. Yeah, Kent State-Buffalo. And, yeah, it's a 7 o'clock game on ESPN2. So the 9 o'clock doubleheader. At Rhode Island. It's not as bad as the uh, Nevada game last year. Where it was at 8.30 start in Nevada. And I had to stay up till 11.30 at night. To the start of that game. So. Yeah. <laughs> and So that's the preview for George Washington. George Washington is actually though. They're not the tallest. They're not a big size team. The tallest man is 6'8". Uh, Toro. Actually no. Laver Angelica is six nine, but then you have six eight, um Toro. And then you have Dustin Mazzula at six three, Terry Nolan at six two, DJ Williams at six seven. That's a very tall guard. Uh I will say. A six seven guard, you don't really see that a lot. And then other players like uh Machio Jack at six five guard. So Actually overall a decent size team. That six that six seven guard DJ Williams really just I've never really I don't know if I've seen a six seven guard, but hey, it's what it is. And that's a preview of those two teams. So let's get into the A ten. First place after beating URI last night. Uh the night before. Uh my bad. Is VCU at eleven and two. Then after Davidson lost at home, breaking their like, 17 or 18 game win streak to Dayton, they put them in second place at 10 and 3. Dayton's at 9 and 4 tied with George Mason. Then Duquesne, St. Louis, and St. Bonaventure all tied at 8 and 5. Shame you're not beat St. Louis, not uh, St. Bonaventure, not St. Bonaventure, Duquesne or UMass and some of those games. There's so many games that they could have back right now. It's just crazy. LaSalle at 6 and 7. Rhode Island-Richmond and Richmond tied at 5 and 8. St. Joe's and George Washington at four and nine, and then Fordham and UMass, who URI both lost to. Just saying for the record, at two and eleven, they have combined four wins and two of them against URI. So, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go- and then we're gonna go- now we can go ahead to um, the A-10 scores. Before that, I did see something about URI today at practice. Uh, they're going to have more on it tonight on the WRI News. But they did not wear official team practice uniforms. Or if they had like a logo on their shirt, they covered it with a red jersey. So I don't know what that's all about. It's probably about something about family and faith and what it means to play for URI. So I'll, I'm going to tune into that tonight. But it's just crazy what's going on in Kingston right now. It's hard to uh, not hard to comprehend because they're a young team, and that's why I'm not. That's why I'm skeptical. Because next year they're gonna have Antoine Walker, who's a transfer from Georgetown. They're gonna have three star, all three stars. Mario Madding, who's six ten, and can shoot. Um, from what I've seen, Gregory Hammond, he can, he's a forcer. He's an enforcer. He can drive. He can dunk. He can um shoot the three ball well. And same with uh, Makai Long. He's just like Gregory Hammond. So I think that I'm optimistic about them. Because if they can shoot, they can help the team out a lot and bring them to an 8-10 title. And that's what I think about them. That's why I'm not as skeptical as others are <laughs> about the next year. So we're going to start on the Friday night, the day after um, last episode. Davidson played St. Joseph's and won 80-72. Saturday, year loss of Fordham, 66-63. Duquesne beat George Washington, 85 69. DJ Williams had twenty one points for George Washington. Eric Williams Jr. had twenty two points for Duquesne. BCU defeated Dayton in a tight uh tight game after uh let me see who who had the game winner? I'm trying to play about let's check play back. Mike Sell had twenty two points though. Huge for Dayton. And um Isaac Van no not Isaac Van. Marcus Evans. Marcus Evans made a floated layup down the lane. To so win it 69 68 at Dayton, which was a huge game after Dayton um, was down by a lot and they uh, came back, but wasn't enough. Uh, Jenkins at 19 for VCU, St. Louis defeated uh, LaSalle 62 49. Jermaine Isabella Jr., who's underrated for that team 23 points, 10 boards, uh, not really talked about, and then Sunday. You had George Mason, St. Bonaventure, where St. Bonaventure scrapped a 23-point victory past George Mason, which I don't know how they did. Uh Kira 21, but Kyle Lofton, 32 points, three boards, seven assists. He, he's showing that he can really um, play in the A-10. And let me just make sure of this, that he is a freshman, yeah. So, the big future for him coming ahead. And then Tuesday, you had Uri Lutz to VCU, and right before that, Dayton defeated Davidson, uh, at, at Davidson's place. They were up by 16 points, and Davidson climbed all the way back. Josh Cunningham had a free throw at the end where he made it, and then after that, with two seconds left, Davidson just chucked down the court, and nothing really happened. Uh, Owe Topin, 18 points, 12 boards. John Axel limpton 26 points, 8 boards. He led that uh, comeback with Kellen Grady. And then last night, you had uh, three games where Richmond defeated Fordham, 72-69. Gilliard only with 10 points, 8 boards, 8 assists. So an overall great game for Gilliard. Nick Honor had 23 points. LaSalle lost St. Bonaventure 62-60. Uh, of course, Kyle Lofton knocked down jumper with 3 seconds left. 18 points, 4 boards, 3 assists. Pookie Powell for LaSalle, 20 points. And then the last game of the night was UMass traveled to George Washington, where George Washington would win 79-67. Maceo Jack 20 points, 7 boards, and Carl Pierre, 14 points for UMass. So that's the 8-10 look around. And something else that came up that happened, uh, I think it was last weekend, uh, Ryan Preston, the senior forward, 6'8", from Trinity uh, Junior College, I think, from Texas, was suspended indefinitely. Um, Now I don't know if that really... Means like I know it means like he can't play, he can't be suspended, but I saw a report saying that he wouldn't be sitting on the bench, and he ended up sitting on the bench. So I don't know what's going on in that situation, but that's a mess as well. So this is one of those years where you need these younger players, not younger players, but people like Fats Russell, Jeff Dallin, Trillian Javine get confidence for the next year ahead, especially Fats Russell. Um, he hasn't found a shot this year, which is um, upsetting, compared to last year, which he had a killer freshman year. Uh, and I think it's – I don't think it's the pressure. I think it's because people are relying on him too much. He's trying to do too much when he doesn't need to. So that's something. And I think Jeff Down is fitting into that role pretty well, where he's not doing too much now. He, he had a great start to the A-10, and he started slump, slumping. And I think he's really found his spot right now. He's found his groove a little bit. And same with sort of Leon The whole year, he's been doing great for this team. He's been a workhorse, getting boards and – uh. Points if he can just work on his dribbling, which when I see him with the ball, I tell him, "Don't, I yell, don't dribble because he can't dribble. Hands for feet, a feet for hands." But yeah, that's what I personally think. If if Cyril can really figure out how to handle the ball well, and Jermaine Harris not foul as much, Fats really find his groove in his right perfect spot for him. Same with Tyrese Martin. Uh, I think this team has a lot of depth and, uh, could be very, very dangerous, uh, next year. So we're going to head on to, um, across the power five, of course, last night, big game Duke UNC. And in the first minutes, in the first minutes, Zion Williamson tore his shoe open and sprained his knee. That, that just stuns me. That just stuns me. How that happens to a person. How do you? You have to be so strong to tear your shoe open. See, I'm looking at the um score chat, not score chat, scoreboard of this first video comes up. Zion Williamson tears his shoe open. So that's something. Um, D- North Carolina ended up defeating Duke, uh, upsetting them at Duke, 88 72, destroying them. Um, so I think we're gonna start with the ACC first. All right, and uh, North Carolina Duke. North Carolina won 88-72. An upset, Louisville lost by a lot to Syracuse at Syracuse, 69-49, which is something to look out for as Louisville is one of those teams that's at the top of that um, conference. So we're going to get a look at the standings right now. And this is panning out, well, I would say, for teams such as Virginia, who lost to Duke twice, but is now tied in first. Um with Duke, North Carolina, and Virginia, all tied 11-2. Then S- Florida State has somehow managed to climb back from a disastrous start when they lost three straight games to, second, to tie to second place with Syracuse at 9-4. and And then you have Virginia Tech and Louisville at 9-5, and and then NC State at 7-7, which has just been a train wreck in the ACC. And that's pretty much it for the ACC. Move on to the Big Ten, where... Michigan State at 13-3, and Michigan at 12-3, and Purdue at 12-3, and 11-5 for Maryland, Wisconsin at 10-5, and Iowa at 9-6, Ohio State at 7-8. I This Big Ten, there's six teams right here that I can see go to the Final Four. And it might be an over-exaggeration, but they can all somehow get up and play. They can all show up to games. They can play very well. Um, I see when Purdue beat Michigan, they played very well. Wisconsin play Michigan, they play very well. So, I don't know. I see these teams could be um, upset teams. Teams get upset in the first round, or they can carry it all the way to the um, NCAA tournament as this is one of the strongest conferences. I think Big Ten goes second behind the ACC, and, or, or third next to, the, next to the next conference, the Big 12, where you have Kansas State, ten and three, Texas Tech at nine and four, Tied with Kansas at nine and four. Uh Iowa Iowa State at eight and five. Baylor eight and five. Texas um at seven and six and pretty much a cut off there. Yeah, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. But th- another conference we have four, five, four, five, maybe six teams get into the tournament. Which is um good uh for college basketball in general. And I just can't wait for the twenty fifth. Couple days when KU plays Kansas State. That's just gonna be a great game. That's a game to look out for when those two teams face off. Then we're gonna go into the SEC. Get that. The SEC, where Tennessee's at 12 and 1. Kentucky's in front of LSU after. Wait, wait. No, LSU did get upset. Let me check that out. LSU lost to Florida. Yeah, they got upset by Florida. Push them at 11 and 2. With Kentucky 11-2 with them. Kentucky beat Tennessee, by the way, over the weekend um, by 17 at Kentucky. So, really shocker there. I thought Tennessee would give more of a fight, but it just didn't happen. And you have South Carolina at 9-4, Ole Miss at 8-5, and and then the Mississippi State, Auburn, drop off Florida. But, how should say this? SEC has three of the best teams in the nation, um, hands down. But after that, it kind of drops. If you know what I'm trying to say. Like, they really, I don't know. They have three teams that top are very good. It kind of sounds like football. We have like Auburn, Georgia, um, Alabama. And they have teams like Vanderbilt at the bottom. So, it's not as much this year as big college football fan. Wasn't as much. uh, Yeah, good teams like Missouri, Texas A&M this year. But, you know, you have more teams um, like a couple years ago where it should be a drop off. So, that's my thing about that, and check LSU schedule. Yeah, they do play Tennessee on Saturday, so they play at home versus Tennessee. So that's another good game um, to watch. Great games, to look out for. And then the Pac-12. I don't really want to read this for the fact that it's just so bad that no rank. Wait, let me click this. Well, that's great, not working. But um let's check this out. I don't since the ESPN's not corresponding right now with the Pac twelve, I don't have to. But yeah. Washington's Washington's still at twelve and one after they first lost that game. Um but besides that, Oregon State at eight and four, Arizona State at nine and five. I don't really care about the other teams. I don't care about them. They're just not good. And I know I slander on them a lot, but it's just part of it being they're so bad they don't have a ranked team in their like they don't have a ranked team in their division. I mean that's just not good. The AAC is better than that, much better. Um they have four teams that can get in UCF Temple not U wait UCF yeah, UCF Temple, Houston, um Cincinnati. So they have uh, many teams that can get in for reasons that they're just good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Washington, not really ranked, even though they're 12 1. So that's going to end it <laughs> for this podcast. Kind of an odd one. um, Kind of more of a rant at the beginning. And then it got back together. We talked about the normal stuff, so, yeah, you're at the game on Friday night, versus Davidson, uh, at 9 o'clock at night, on ESPN2, and then the 26th, which is a, hmm, a Tuesday, a Tuesday night, at home, versus George Washington, so, yeah, that's, I think, my longest podcast, at 30 minutes, so, yeah, also, Episodes are gonna be are on Spotify and iTunes. look up Ball and B Show. They're there. Um, I'm gonna post this on SoundCloud, and it takes like um, a couple hours to um, t- maybe a day to upload them onto Spotify and iTunes. So just be a little patient on that, and that's gonna be it for today's episode. And as always, rody, rody, rody.